Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Relax yourself, ladies and gents. Please settle down. Welcome to the Football Ramble, an absolute cracker at Goodison Park and Leicester left it late. It's Thursday, 11th of February. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Venetian Hunter-Raja. Welcome, one and all, to the Football Ramble. It's the thrilling Thursday you've all been dreaming about. Myself, Andy Brassel, and my cousin Vichy are here for your listening pleasure. How you doing, chaps? Very well. Good. Very well. Very well indeed. Very well indeed, gentlemen, for seeing such a blisteringly good FA Cup game. Some of the games recently have been a little bit underwhelming, but not old Tottenham Hotspur going away to Everton. Absolute ruddy scenes, Andy Brassel, at the old stadium. Yeah, and it had to be something, especially on the day before a record of On the Continent, to make me turn (laughs) over from Reno Gattuso's sad face (laughs) in in Bergamo. Um, I'm glad I did. Not just because I didn't want to see his sad face yeah. anymore, um, but because this was really worth it. But it, it wasn't just a, a, a great game. It was a deeply, deeply confusing game, mm-hmm. I think, right from that bit um, just before half time, where Everton took control of it. Because that first half, that is the best I've seen Spurs play in months. That They were terrific in that first half. And, you know, you, even with that Eric Lamella goal just before half time, you wonder how on earth are we losing that if you're in the Spurs camp because they just had this crazy five minutes in a game that they're completely in control of. All of a sudden, they've got to climb a mountain to to, to get back into it. Are you reading from Jose Mourinho's script here, Andy? <laughs> very much towing the party line. Did isn't you not it? think that though? It looks like they were, you know, without Harry Kane, they were so mm. like they had so much energy and they were making some great ones. Yeah. Bergwijn had a had a great game as well. Probably his best in a while. Um, but yeah, the um, Tony Evans in The Independent wrote about this and, and uh, gave it the name, the inferior, Inferiority Complex Derby. And <laughs> Well, I, I fully expect that from Big Tone. <laughs> but he, um, <laughs> Notable Liverpool fan. <laughs> but he, uh, but like, when you watched that game yesterday, it did feel like neither of them were particularly sure of themselves. The, the idea that Spurs could be in such control... And then chip three goals in what seven minutes is absurd, really. Mm. But yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of I'm with Brassel on this one. I, I was I was quite yeah. impressed with um, with Spurs, specifically in that first half. 
Yeah, the highest scoring FA Cup game between two top flight sides in 50 years. And you no wonder you turned away from Napoli, from, from one current coach of Napoli to a former coach <laughs> of Napoli. By the way, Andy, speaking of um, European football, what a week for you. You've had, you've had two wins in the last, what, five days, I think, for your beloved Sevilla. Two wins for your beloved Leon, And, and they will even chuck in a win for AFC Wimbledon. I mean, you're absolutely loving it. I know that's that's the biggie away at away at Wigan, wasn't it? <laughs> Wigan, of course, one of the few teams, Andy, that have actually surprised everybody and won the FA Cup. The people talk about the magic of the cup. Don't get me wrong; we all believe in the magic of the FA Cup. However, it only sort of pokes its little head out really uh, all the way through to the to the final when 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 you see the the winners over the years, of course. But could Carlo Ancelotti's Everton and his cup of soup go all the way to the final, Vish? I would like to think so, um, and I'm glad you said cup of soup there because I thought people said that was coffee. Even the Everton account tweeted that it was coffee, and maybe they'd know. But I thought that was a bit soupy the way he was blowing that because I think you know yeah. when you blow soup, you know it's got a thicker consistency than coffee, so you can go a bit harder, <laughs> can't you? But you think because I think what I took from that is that it had come out of a kettle rather than a coffee mm. machine, which probably would make an Italian very anxious at the best of times. Mm. But you've got to deal with a, a slightly too hot drink right, as well. Right. Um, I, I mean, I think probably the reality of it is he's ended up drinking Bovril, but I don't want to think about... I don't want to live in a world in which Carlo Ancelotti is drinking Bovril, quite frankly. Yeah, whatever he's doing, though, he's a man who's going to keep his cool, though. Old, uh, old, old Carlo, though, last night was all about keeping warm. But... Um, 5-4, though, I mean, what, what was pleasing about that was that you had five goals in the first half. Normally, the goals dry up in the second half. You get maybe one, two if you're very, very lucky. Oh, Vish, they kept on going. They kept on going all the way into extra time. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, I feel like, you know, after Manchester United and West Ham did what they did, on Tuesday, and the less yeah. said about that, the better. Everton. We didn't want that to go all the way. No, into we didn't. Time. But Everton Spurs <laughs> felt it their duty to um, to raise the spirits of the nation once more, didn't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. they um, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I've realised I, realize I com- just completely avoided your, your original question about Everton going all the way. You know, we uh, we spoke a bit off off mic, didn't we, about um, Luke's chat about Burnley yesterday and about like treading water and being a club that doesn't really want to mm-hmm. go out and achieve things. And Everton are in a weird spot like that because they kind of flitter between pushing for, mm-hmm. you know, establishing themselves in the in the top six. They settle for top eight, and every now and again they get a bit lower and they and they've tried. Themselves. They've rolled the they dice. Have, yeah, um, and and I imagine that's kind of what they have to gun for really they've been they're in a great opportunity to do so although we say that you know you mentioned the magic of the cup and we this is a stage where all the magic dies and just the big premier league teams go through so yeah we'll see yeah that's yeah. true yeah i it, i mean yeah i think with with everton and, and the fa cup it was nice to see your friend and mine andy duncan ferguson uh very very happy at full time and I mean, he was very honest when they said, what a game. And he went, yeah, it was great because we won it. You don't <laughs> want to be on the losing end of, of one of those ones. But he said, you know, about uh, Everton and, the, and uh, not having won uh, the cup for or, or a trophy, <clears throat> excuse me, for it would it be 25, 26 years. Obviously, they've been in the final since then, but, but they haven't won it, of course. And he said about the league and the cup and he went, oh, the FA Cup's the one we want. And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that is, seems more realistic than the league, although I'm not going to disagree with Duncan Ferguson. But it is true, Andy, that, that for Carlo Ancelotti, 
to be able to, if he can deliver a trophy at Everton in the form of the FA Cup, that would be what a great success there. Yeah, it would be a stepping stone to something else, though. Yeah, I think because that that is that is what modern football is. But they haven't un- gone on that. Unfortunately, they, as Vish was sort of saying, that they haven't made that step for a while, and they've tried. They've had big signings. They've had big yeah, managerial but- appointments. But that's that's the problem. That's what Carlo Ancelotti is picking up the slack of. He's picking up the slack of uh, a series of teams under coaches who uh, have reinforced at great cost, but uh, not great effect. So I think his big success so far is receiving a quite unbalanced squad and moulding it into something that's that's got an identity. And I think you could see that last night. I mean, if you said on paper going into that game, say if you pinpointed this at the start of the season and say Everton end up winning a game against Tottenham in which they score five goals, despite the fact two-thirds of their fancy new midfield are injured and, and can't make it. And, you know, the the two main elements with no harm to Ducure and, and James and Alan, um, you'd say that's that's really, really impressive. And I think what he did... In the um, in in the back half of of last season, in getting a lot out of a squad that people didn't really believe in, mm. I think was very very impressive indeed. I I think he's doing an absolutely terrific job, and I know, I know everything comes with caveats at the moment, mm. and you can't draw conclusions because um, the Premier League in particular is, is is so up and down. But I think it's a real testament to Ancelotti in someone like him who's won so much, who has nothing to prove, is someone who's still open to change. He's got the hunger. To try still new got the things. desire, Andy. Well, yeah. I mean, coaches always say that, though, don't they? But they're always, and Mourinho's a great example, they're saying, well, this, this has worked for me in the past, so I'm going to go back to doing it exactly the same way. Whereas I think Ancelotti in his last couple of jobs has said, actually, I've made some mistakes. Maybe I should evolve. Maybe I should embrace some new ideas. That is so unusual mm. for a coach of his age at his stage in his career. Mm. It is. Um, and But I mean, but we do enjoy the greatest hits, though, Andy. Let, let's not forget that. Um, <laughs> and, and he is a cup manager. He bloody well loves a cup. Ancelotti said that there are multiple similarities between him and Jose Mourinho, he said, I think we are really close with our idea of football. How I see his team play can be comparable to us. I don't know if it is a new style of football. It, it isn't. But for me, uh, to be compared to his style of football is an honour. There was a bit of a loving between him and uh, Mourinho after the final whistle. Fish. There was a nice hug. And even Mourinho said about Ancelotti, went, no, he's a great guy. Yeah, Mourinho says this about a lot of people, doesn't he? I know we we ham up the occasions when he really goes after someone, but he does <laughs> seem to have a lot of love for a, you know, a few managers. Even you know, he even warmed to Wenger by the end of it. Once Wenger was out of the picture, thanks what? to his own. I was about yeah. to say when he's got the better <laughs> yeah. of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like Ancelotti, I, I just I've always seen him as as quite a lovable guy, and I, maybe part of that is the fact that he's always so cheery. But you look at the you know the stuff mm. he's done. With the community as well, quite a difficult time. He seems to really, really embrace it and really engage it. Because I was going to ask you guys, like, you know, you two will know a lot more about this than I will. But it seemed like he was, you know, loved at Napoli, which is a place where it can go one or two ways. I remember, like, Lavezzi talking about what it was like being in Napoli. And he was like, oh, it was great. It's the most beautiful part of the world. Great place to play football. Never been outside though. Never been outside my flat or the stadium because you never know how, how things are gonna gonna go over the performance or whatever. So, but yeah, it seems. So. Oh, he was he was smuggled in the boots of cars when he wanted to go shopping yeah, and all this kind yeah. of stuff because it was just such a fanfare there. But you know what lured out 
Ancelotti and Napoli. It was the food. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was Great that man. simple. Even if he wanted to, even if he wanted to keep himself to himself, he was never staying indoors with all that food outside. It's, well, the food in, in in Naples is enough to raise an eyebrow for anybody, Andy. <laughs> I think yes. we could agree. Um, is, 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 while we're on the subject of, of, of Everton, sad news that former Everton and Wales goalkeeper Di Davis died, uh, age seventy two, um, yesterday. Uh, eighty two caps, or not caps, sorry, appearances for, for Everton rather. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, he was at one point he was Wales's most capped uh, goalkeeper. So so sad news there. Um, speaking of uh, former uh, Evertonians, um, there's been a, an interview with Daniel Amakachi that has caught the attention of us at Ramble HQ here, and it's been 26 years since they won the FA Cup. And of course, in the semi-final, they beat a very fancy Tottenham Hotspur, which included Jurgen Klinsmann, among others. They beat them 4-1 in the semi-final. And at the semi-final, saw Daniel Amakachi, and I didn't realise this. I knew he came on and changed the game and scored two goals. I didn't realise he subbed himself on in that game. Um, I I remember this quite vividly, them them, them, uh, beating Tottenham Hotspur, as I say. But in an interview recently, he said that... um, Paul Rideout, who would score the winning goal in the final, went down injured. And Joe Royal wanted to know if he should sell on a, place, a replacement. Apparently, Amakachi told Jimmy Gabriel that uh, Royal said, oh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to put me on. Here's, here's the piece of paper. So Jimmy Gabriel, who's the guy who was sorting out the subs for Everton, goes up to the fourth official who puts the board up. And Daniel Amakachi runs on the pitch. And Joe Royal's going, hang on, what, what, what's going on? He's already run on. It's <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. You know he would have planned that as well. You know he would have seen, right, this is how it works. He goes to him, he goes to Jimmy, says his piece, then he moves away and Jimmy tells the fourth official. So that's what I need to pounce. (laughs) It's amazing. And bloody hell, Andy, just as well that he came on and scored two goals. Although Amakachi, though, he did fancy himself, quite literally, because in that article he said, I was in the best shape of my life, a damn sexy footballer, and I knew I was ready. Bloody right, Daniel. (laughs) Bloody right you were. (laughs) It's it's funny because I imagine like the thing that Joe Royal said afterwards, where he said, uh, "Well played," but if you try that shit again, you'll be finished. <laughs> the person who sorts out the subs with the fourth official now is Duncan Ferguson. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're not trying that <laughs> no, on him, no, are you? No, certainly not. Certainly not. I absolutely, I, I had no idea. This is absolutely sensational. And it was quite nice as well because Amakachi said that he grew up in very. Um, humble surroundings in Nigeria and he said that whenever the FA Cup was on obviously specifically the final you would just you would find a television anywhere in the neighbourhood and everyone would gather around and watch it and when you hear that and then of course he goes on and plays in the final and came on as a substitute as did um, Duncan Ferguson uh, oh those two would be a handful to defend against bloody hellfire um, he comes on he wins it of course it's, it's, it's quite wonderful he did speak about his friendship with Duncan Ferguson and he said Duncan was crazy well, that's no sort of new revelation. On the bus before games, he would play the film Braveheart and no one was allowed to turn it off. <laughs> oh, dear. They'll never take out three points. Um, he also said, this is quite magnificent. I was getting married in Tunisia and as I was making my way to the altar, a guy pushed a piece of paper into my hand. I opened it up and it said... Big Dunk is in the house. He'd come all that way to surprise me. It was fantastic. He made my day. That is kind of like wonderful and terrifying in equal measure. Does that happen wherever Duncan Ferguson goes? Is it like someone someone hands him a piece of paper that says Big Dunk is in the house? You know, in the way that in films, whenever the president's involved, they always say the eagle has landed. 
And so like every yeah. president every president has like their own <laughs> nickname. So I think like I think Biden's is the the Celtic and oh, um, yeah. Trump's was the mogul, yeah. But yeah, that is that is brilliant. <laughs> what I like about that though is it, do you think that's the same message? Do you remember there was that spate that of, of burglaries that he had? And he would pin the burglars yeah. down and wait until the police turned up. Like, obviously, like it's quite horrifying that he was, you know, getting burgled and all that. But yet he seemed to be the kind of uh, the solution to his own burglary problem. Do you think that's what the, the, the are, burglars are, are creeping around? And suddenly a bit, he puts the piece of paper in the burglar's hand. <laughs> Big dunk to the house. Oh no! <laughs> I also reckon with that. I reckon with that he Either left that. his front door open. <laughs> front door and back door. Window slightly ajar. Lights off. Yeah. Yeah, come on in. My Either that or his wife might have like woken him up and pressed a piece of paper into his hand saying, big dunk, comma, there is someone in the house. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much so. Vish, regarding former Evertonians, I believe you've got an announcement. I do, I do. Um, over on Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy, you can hear an exclusive interview with former Everton centre-back Julian Lescott. He gives a masterclass in the art of defending, discusses who he thinks the best defender the Premier League has ever seen is and why the analysis of defending needs refining. Uh, so you can listen to that now. Just search Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy in any of your podcast apps. Uh, Leicester City are through, Andy, as well. They beat Brighton 1-0. They did the good thing, Leicester City. They didn't give us extra time on this. Uh, Kelechi Inacho, uh said after his 94th minute winner, I couldn't be bothered with extra time. It's freezing. And and obviously our very own Jules Breach, um, she was she was there and she was freezing as well and she was unhappy that Brighton have gone out. But I think she was rather relieved as well to not have another half an hour of, uh, of the freezing cold temperatures in Leicestershire. Yeah, and it was pretty rotten football as, as, as well. Um, I, I mean, I think, Going into this week, I, I love the idea of uh, FA Cup games being squeezed into midweek and on, on, on a normal sort of um, season plan. But because of where they are, because of the intensity of the calendar, I think this game is exactly what we feared all the FA Cup <laughs> games would be like coming into this week. And mm-hmm. um, fortunately, they weren't with Everton versus Southampton. Now, I, I know... This probably isn't the time to talk about a stacked calendar, but I've thought for a long time, certainly pre-pandemic, that the best way of relivening up the FA Cup is they have this kind of crazy January in Spain where every midweek they play a round of the cup. And I think that adds a certain intensity to it and that would be really good. But just, you know, there, there is no time to have, uh, no good time to have extra matches which is what FA Cup games are at the at the moment and as as you were saying earlier Marcus it's only really after the quarter final that you know people really start to focus on it well we're nearly there of course fish some teams are through at the quarter finals when asked who we'd like in the next round Kalechi said hopefully an easy team so we could go all the way and win it a bit of honesty there. That's what we like to see. Love the honesty. Doesn't like the cold wants an easy ride. I would have pushed him I mean, on that. I identify with him. I would I would have said Name that easy team because then he would have been yeah. disrespectful, wouldn't he? That I mean, that's that is the, that's the headline. That's what you want. Because I, I mean, off the top of my head, I assume you know Bournemouth would obviously be a championship side there through, so he'd maybe fancy that. Although with Henry James Redknapp and Jonathan Woodgate there, maybe you wouldn't want to, to to play them. You could get a footballer in a spin, couldn't you? So, oh, I just want an easy team so we can get it right. So, so who would you pick? Well, that's the thing at this stage, Jeff. There are no easy teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what were you expecting? Well, to probably go with two halves, and then and then one team will win it unless it goes <laughs> yeah. to extra time. We're just course. happy to get the three. Oh God, no. Yeah, none well, of that. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Um, what what were our opinions uh-huh. on the state of that Brighton defending for the <laughs> A little I have never seen like so the, I counted there were eight men in the box mm-hmm. but eight Brighton players and they were totally fixed to where they needed to be. So even though the corner was taken early, mm. they weren't necessarily caught off guard. It was almost like that. Um, <laughs> you know that uh, we know now that that slightly misleading photograph of Maradona against Belgium. Yes, yes. I think that's yeah. actually, if you'd have snapped that in the right way, that would have been more of an accurate portrayal. That would have been, no, that's what happened. I reckon, yeah, I reckon you could take a photo from the opposite side to mm. where the corner was taken into the box. And because of the players in the way and how they were positioned, you wouldn't see Ian Astro in the mm. photo. Yeah. <laughs> Just the caption of Leicester City scored from this corner, despite seemingly having no one in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the Brighton defenders, you couldn't see Kalechi Ian Astro from this. I think they were very much hoping to, to, to go home. I think it's definitely something in players' minds when you get into the last couple of minutes of a cup game at the moment, especially a midweek cup game, I think the players are definitely thinking, like, I can't stomach extra time. Yeah. Shit or, shit or bust, let's go for it. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's totally reasonable in the circumstances. Did you say shit or bust? Yeah. Okay. That is a phrase, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I've certainly heard it before. Maybe I just heard it from Andy. All oh, right. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Or it's a very strange game show, which I'm unaware of. Um, what was it's Darren Can on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Can running the line, f- fresh from uh, winning the jackpot on yesterday's episode of Pointless. Didn't he win the World Cup before as well? Uh, I mean, that's certainly no, that what was, the commentators on ITV said. That was Bobby Moore, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think your mind's playing tricks on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, his surname is Can. He, he's a can-do man, Andy. It's that can-do attitude that will win you the jackpot and make correct calls on on the lines, Vish. But yeah, that was quite. I think some people were, you know, unaware that pointless is pre-recorded. <laughs> I'm sure some people said that sarcastically as well. Except when it's done in a porter cabin uh, in the car park in the King Power. That's true. That's very true. Is Pointless any good? I've never watched it. It's not bad. Same. It's not bad. It's okay. Notable Fulham Fulham fan on there. Uh, Oh, the tall guy who did that. um, He's on Twitter, isn't he? He did the Biscuit Olympics or some shit like that. (laughs) He's on you know, he's Twitter. like, what's your favourite biscuit? And yeah, that's it. What's his name? Richard Osman, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah, he is on, on Twitter as well, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the big guy on Twitter. <laughs> My goodness, what a description. <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was uh, some FA Cup stuff. We'll have more FA Cup chat after this break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Stakhanov's award-winning football mockumentary The Offensive is available to listen to now. After securing Premier League survivor last season, Ashwood City have a new boss. The new manager, Sven Goran Eriksson. I am delighted to be the new head coach at Ashwood City Football Club. But unfortunately, the same old chief executive. Oh, fuckity. Fuckity fuck fuck. Stupid comments from an ex-player chanting make Ashwood great again. Big fucking deal. You know, if he thinks that any of those empty words have had even the slightest impact on Patrick Nolan, MBE, then he is dreaming. Stupid big idiot twat. Fucking wank wank. Follow Ashwood City on and off the pitch every Premier League match week. I can't even get easy peelers in my local MS at the moment, Sven, let alone a fullback from Real Sociedad. I just have a list of players I'd like to bring into your squad. <sighs> okay, well, let me know when you have a list of players you'd like to bring out of the squad. Described by The Guardian as a must-listen for football fans. We lied about the corona test result. We isolated our two informed players to stop them playing for England. And now we've asked Man City Football Club to bribe the Premier League on our behalf. I didn't actually ask them to. I asked if they wanted to. It's the same fucking thing. Search The Offensive on your favourite podcast player and listen now. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the sort of luxuriant quality. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's now time for emails. Just email show at footballramble.com Right now, so Peter, Mr. Kater, Jules, or Jim, or Andy Luke All my kids can read it out Well done Right, I believe Vish as the first email to read. Over to you, Vitushin. I do. We've got one from the Wicker Man himself, Callum Wicker in Hong Kong. (laughs) (laughs) Confusion around the origins of McSauce really made me question myself. Without reading anything to confirm this, I honestly thought Scott McTominay (coughs) was called McSauce because Tominay sounds like Tommy K. Tommy K being (laughs) Ah. slang for tomato ketchup. 
Tomine, Tommy K, Source, even if it isn't, that's what I'm choosing to believe. Anyway, keep up the good work. Happy Chinese New Year. Happy Chinese <laughs> New Year to you too, Callum. Hungay um, Fat yes. Choi, if I could pronounce that correctly. Uh, so I like that. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got, I've got a few messages on Twitter about that yesterday, and, and I've, I think that's a lot more plausible than mine, but I'd only really seen it used ironically, and that's not to say that that came... That came first, but yeah, I, I saw it as a. It was always a stick to beat the the wee scort with. Oh, the wee saucy bastard! Um, I have. Uh, I've got to, I, to now on Tuesday's pod. I spoke about a time when uh, a footballer who I couldn't remember. I suggested it was Roger Johnson. It wasn't. Um, but had a, had a drink during a pre-season match in the United States, and at. Uh, PDXOR on Twitter uh, tweeted me just saying Stephen Thompson for Burnley against Portland Timbers and I was like ah th- that's right and I said well remembered and he said well, it was easy to remember it was the first thing I ever got in touch with the ramble about that got a mensch on the show which is quite fantastic now the story is from 2009 so obviously a little while ago now I'm not sure when we covered it on the ramble I, I think it might have been a year or two later Either or, the story is is a lovely one. And Stephen Thompson uh, himself uh, said of that match, he said, I kind of fell over the billboards at the side of the pitch and there was a cafe right on the side. I landed on this person's table and I don't know what happened. I just instinctively grabbed the guy's pint and had a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Ever so the professional. I just don't know what happened there, Vish, you know? It sounds like an excuse, a really bad excuse that someone has when they go into A&E with something stuck up their arse, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, they, they like, <laughs> fell over and picked it, and then just ne- just necked it. Did it happen? Yeah. <laughs> and this children's toy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's like you know, a copper walking into a pub to like arrest the landlord for something. Well, there was a pint on the table. I just suddenly got involved. You know, it's like no, that's a. <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous. Thompson went on to say, it shows you how bad a game it was because that got the biggest cheer of the night. It was a bit of light-hearted You were playing in that game as well. Why are you doing to yourself, man? It's a pre-season friendly. What a load of shit. I lined it up by having a drink for crying out loud. My goodness, let's never do this again. He said it was a bit of light-hearted banter. The guy was really decent about it. Who, the one whose piney style was really decent? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. He was laughing, apparently. He's laughing. Um... (laughs) I was fined a week's wages, though, for being the first player the manager had ever seen drinking during a match. You know, you see. That doesn't strike me as very remorseful from old Stevie Thompson there, does it? Well, I mean, he got his fight, he took the punishment, Andy. Why not bask in the glory of downing someone else's pint during a football match? Normally, that sort of tomfoolery in a pre-season game happens because you're either drunk, Mm -hmm. still drunk, or hungover. I mean, Vish will be able to... Uh, straighten this for me I'm pretty sure there was a a time in the early 90s when Ian Botham was still playing for England and they were on a tour of New Zealand and he walked out to the middle without his bat because he was still a bit tipsy basically and you know the 12th man sort of ran out after him with the, with the bat <laughs> you're gonna pick up one of those the way, i'll just use this he, he got all the way to the middle without his bat yeah there were, i think he got chased down I, I don't know if he got all the way to the middle but yeah no that is that's is definitely, definitely something that happened i'm not entirely sure if it was new zealand but yeah that's uh very very both them that's the thing. The opposition are going, this is mind games. What's going yeah. on here? No, no, nothing to do with that. Well, Andy, you said that, uh, that, that that kind of tomfoolery, of course, that will be forever known now as Thompson foolery. 
Yes. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. The email address is show at footballramble.com or you can tweet me or some of the others if you've got something worthwhile, like our good man PDXOR did. Right, gentlemen, back to the soccer ball. Uh, Swansea were beaten 1-3 by Manchester City. Uh, not too surprising, really. I suppose the only surprising thing is Man City conceded, really. But City set the record for successive domestic wins with 15 Beating the record set by Preston North End in the uh, 1891-92 season. Yes, 1891-92 and the uh, 1987-88 Arsenal side. I'll tell you what, Vish, they're, they're on for uh, League and Cup double, aren't they? I think they are, yeah. They're gonna. They're just quite monstrous and it's... I, I think... They're going to beat Everton in the final, let's be honest. That's what's going to happen. But, but I, I think the way they're going about it, the I, I think the the country should be wary about this because they're looking devastating. And I don't know if it's healthy for everyone else. Hang on, when you say the country... The whole country should be worried about this. Sort of, the some whole sort of military country. intervention. Yes. Is that what we... Bring, it, bring in the army, that's what I say. Right, OK. Once they're done teaching all the school kids, yeah. get them to fight Man City because they look utterly <laughs> unstoppable. Like, it's... They weren't even trying yesterday. And they thought, well, let's just piss about for a bit and we'll... Yeah, we'll just... Oh, we conceded, but what are you going to do? That's a little takeaway for Morgan Whitaker. That'd be nice for him. Yeah. But no, they're, they're um, I think they might clean up, given them where they were a couple of months ago. Mm. They're, um, I think I said on the show before that if you look at their progression in the league, it should be accompanied by the Jaws music because it's that <laughs> there's such that inevitability about it. Yeah, but, but the, but the right. thing is, though, they're out in front now. That that would that negates the Jaws music. The Jaws music was is he's behind you kind of thing. Well, no, no Whereas one ever now, saw. No one ever saw what happened when like if Jaws had won because if he'd won, I reckon he'd have a lovely old time. <laughs> and, you know, all yeah, his mini Jawses and like, get Jaws? his mates around and stuff. That's to be fair. I think yeah, we should do. They should do a prequel to Jaws when Jaws like has his way. Yeah, kind of just gets. But 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 if Jaws is swimming away and everyone else is trying to catch Jaws, then you don't have the Jaws music. Jaws is not going, oh, bloody hell, look at these these people trying to hunt me down. You see, I'm not that familiar with the Jaws series, but I'm presuming... You know the basics, though, Andy. Is, don't go in the water. Yeah, but pre- presumably... That's not the lesson like, from like, Jaws, is it? The lesson from Jaws <laughs> is don't fuck with sharks, surely. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but presumably, number two is like at the equivalent to The Empire Strikes Back, where he just eats everyone, and he's like doing a massive thumbs up at the end, or whatever the shark <laughs> yeah. equivalent and is. And he turns, out, he turns out to be that nutty guy's dad. Um, <laughs> nutty <but> guy's dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love the fact, Vish, that you took a lesson from Jaws. Yeah, just like just don't don't mess with sharks. That, that shouldn't be. Don't be get in the water. Just like coexist together. That's what I saw from Jaws. And you can always do with a bigger boat. That's the hang, two things. Well, there's, there's, there's <laughs> hang on. Are you suggesting that that Jaws was just getting on with his business, happy as Larry, and then other people started slagging him off, and he's like, right, I'm not having that kind of language down here. I'm just gonna. I'm just saying, if you're gonna kick like that in the ocean, you're gonna get some attention, and you're gonna mm-hmm. get nibbled at. By right. a shark. Hence, but, don't go in the water. Then no, everybody's don't, don't, happy. don't go in the water. Just don't be so appealing in the water. That's yeah, right. what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> are, you, are you suggesting that uh, their swimming outfits were too skimpy? Is that what you're <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I'm just, you know, a sharks. All I'm saying is, sharks gonna shark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Well, back to the football. Um, uh, it was Guardiola's 200th win at Manchester City. 
which is uh, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, on and, and and in the same time when he gets his two hundredth win, a, a, a stat that I forgot to mention earlier: Tottenham Hotspur and Everton. That was only the third time that jo, uh, Jose Mourinho side had conceded five goals or more in his uh, in his career. Of course, one of the sides that beat uh, Jose Mourinho uh, by five was uh, Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, which is uh, a match I'll forever be remembered um, for Andy Brassel's tortilla uh, when we went around yes. to watch the game, which was, which was quite delightful. Um, but I, I mean, is the, is, I say cut league and cup double, Andy. Is the bloody quadruple on? Because Champions League is back soon. Yeah, um, and... As stands, I suppose they've got a little bit of an advantage in the Borussia Mönchengladbach don't have a home leg anymore, seeing as mm. um, the first leg's been switched to Budapest for this really weird, unscheduled festival of football in, 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 in Hungary. But um, you know what? I think, personally, that you look at the way City fans look at the Champions League, and a lot of them, especially match-going City fans, are, are, are pretty nonplussed by it. The fact that they've had so much misery in it, uh, capped by the Leon quarterfinal last year. Mm-hmm. Always worth a mention, I, Andy. Always I worth a mention. Think, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I, I think it would cause Manchester City, not necessarily Pep Guardiola, but Manchester City a lot less pain. Why don't they just fuck off the Champions League? Why don't they put the resis out when they play Borussia Mönchengladbach, win the League and Cup double, and I think it will make them happier. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I do. Are you Sean Dyche in disguise? <laughs> if only if you if you were then uh, Luke Moore would be knocking down your door do you not think they've, do you not think they've got um, a great chance for the Champions League though Andy especially the way they're playing now and the way that Why? other teams across them but, seem to be uh, forward but, but based on based on what based on what every single year people have the bookies have Manchester City as the Champions League favourites off the back of what, one semi-final uh, like, oh, I don't, not every year they have the fact surely Bayern were favourites the other year and Real Madrid and Barcelona have been favourites. The other thing you've got to remember, Andy, is that they're they're an English club, yeah? English football, English way, got to be favourites. Got to to back us in Europe, haven't you? (laughs) Exactly, Andy. I think you've got to toe the party line for a change, (laughs) crying out loud. But I think, uh, but I know what you mean when Pep Guardiola, he sort of, he just has a bit of a brain freeze, doesn't he, whenever there's a quarter or semi in the Champions League. And he then starts to out-tactic himself. But has he learned, has has he got a different cunning plan this time? Well, I'll tell you what, he's, he's had since 2011 when he last won the Champions League to think of one. So, Is that a dig? Well, well, there's no need to make a dig because that's a simple fact, oh, isn't okay. it? Okay. Uh, I mean, all I'm saying is it just does my head in that year after year after year, uh-huh. Manchester City are simply on the talent they have on their squad, yep. not on any Champions League evidence, the favourites for it. We we all enjoy watching them, unless we're, I guess, Manchester United fans. But that doesn't mean necessarily that they should be our favourites for the Champions League. I guess you could say, look at the relative weakness of Barcelona, mm-hmm. Real Madrid mm-hmm. at the moment. But all right, you know, who's your favourite? Who's your money on then, tough guy? You know what? I think you have to look at a team that's having a tough old time mm-hmm. and thinking they can pull it out of the bag. Let's say Juventus. <whistles> Let's say Juventus. I uh, well, it, it, I mean, if Andrea Pirlo's Juventus win the Champions League, my goodness, what a story that would be! But I don't know, Andy. I don't bloody know. It'd be it'd be very very interesting indeed to see. It's what hard to look past Man City, isn't it, with their squad? Yeah, I was going to say I still fancy Man City over that. But Andy, if you prove to be right, then my goodness, I want you to put another stag up on your uh, 
on your wall. Um, a gentleman, uh, Yaya Toure, has taken his first official co- coaching role uh, in the world of football. We had a little stint at QPR and, uh, and Blackburn, but FC Olympic Donetsk is where he's where he's at. He started his football career in that city for for a different side. Uh, uh, of course, but uh, but he's but he's in there, and he said, to be honest, even my agent was surprised when he found out that I wanted to learn to coach in Ukraine. But it was it was a firm decision. It was my firm decision. He said, Andy, that's nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I think he'll, he'll probably do pretty well there. I mean, one of the things that um, he made a real success of when he was in Ukraine first time is he, he learned to speak Russian. Yeah. So from from the off, he's he's going to adapt. I think. I get the impression a player like him, and I know you can never judge a coach on the player they were, mm-hmm. but something that Yaya Toure never gets credit for, and he should get credit for, he's one of the most tactically astute footballers that, that I can think of off the top of my head of recent times. Someone who's capable in a variety of positions, who can direct a team on the pitch. I, th- I think he'll do really well. Yeah, lovely old job. Uh, just to finish the uh, FA Cup chat, of course, Sheffield United are through. They beat Bristol City 1-0. Wasn't much to talk about other than a crazy goal-mouth scramble, which eventually ended up with a handball and Billy Sharp uh, scoring the penalty. But Vish, I wanted to just have a little mention for Bristol City's kit. Purple shirt, green shorts, white socks, what a combo. And the goalkeeper kit it was Georgie Campos-esque. You know, you've got... Uh, sometimes when you're invited to a do that you think, right, I'm not going to get mm. another invite back here. I need to I need to stunt. I need to, I need to act up a bit. And I think that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. Bristol City did. They thought, Premier League opposition here, you know, this round of the FA Cup, why not? Why not just go mm-hmm. all out? Why not just why not just flare it up? I did notice that the um, the Man City Swansea kit matchup was white versus black, which had a very kind of uh, mighty ducks feel to it. <laughs> but, oh yeah, you know. but this was um, this was just a lot of fun. <laughs> Let them have fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the blades are into the uh, into the, the the hat for the quarterfinals, which of course will be. Uh, which will be drawn uh, later as we have more uh, FA Cup uh, this week. Uh, gentlemen, enough of that chat. Let's go straight to France. Uh, Ramon, uh, <laughs> I can't get it out. I'm just so stunned, excited, disappointed, not surprised. All sorts of emotions, Andy. Raymond Domenech is out the door. Barely had he walked through. It's like one of those revolving doors. He sort of walked in. He did a little loop. Grandpa and then Simpson's gift. He's been sacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the one. That's the one. Oh, poor old Dominic Andy. He's been sacked already. 46 days, oh. seven games, no wins. Yeah. Still no one can work out why he was appointed in the first place. And um, he was absent from the benches. They lost in the cup yesterday to to Lance. And it, it was quite amusing in the press conference afterwards when they asked uh, Patrick Collor, who was the caretaker before Dominic came in and is going to be the caretaker for, I guess, about the next 10 minutes before uh, Antoine Combouare gets the job. Um, he, he was asked about it. and He, he said, uh, I've, I've no idea what's going on with Dominic. Uh, like not Raymond <laughs> firstly I've no idea what's going on with Dominic and secondly it was about two steps away from I've, I've never heard of him I don't know who you're talking about oh. Dom Dom <laughs> but I mean I don't know what they thought was going to happen if you appoint someone who hasn't been a coach for 10 years who hasn't coached in club football mm-hmm. since 1993 it's like well I think he's taken us backwards tactically mm. <laughs> 
Vish, why does everybody hate Raymond? I don't know. What a terrible show that was, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. is, is Dominic there, you know, the French equivalent of, say, like, a Red, Knight, Red Nap or an Allardyce, where there is a certain part of French football, you know, um, punditry or commentariat, who still regard him as the person he was 10, 20 years ago? No, but you see, I, I have to jump in there. Cause Andy said he hasn't managed a club side since 1993. Redknapp and Allardyce have had loads sure, of work. Sure. But you, do you know what I mean? Where, like, seemingly for a certain portion of that um, of that society, I suppose, that he's still the person they remember rather than the person he is now. Is he always going to be able to kind of tap into that? Well, the, the thing is, the way people remember him is not especially flattering. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I do wonder what was happening with uh, Valdemir Kita, the, the, the president of, of Nantes, who's, who's under a lot of pressure. Um, a lot of fans of the club want him out anyway. And um, apparently took uh, Laurent Blanc for a round of golf to try and talk him into the job, pre-Dominic. And uh, as he put it, we had a lovely chat. And then he said he wasn't up for it. So presumably they were like on hole seven. (laughs) (laughs) And then then Laurent Blanc said, look, mate, I'm just having a round of golf. I ain't taking your job, okay? (laughs) Let's just carry on for the next 11 holes in complete silence. And then he kissed Fabian Bartes on the head. Exactly. Probably did that before the game, give him a bit of good luck. Uh, Well, shame for for Ramon. He's off and... Hopefully it won't be another 10 years until we see him managing again, Andy. Because he does give us a little bit of joy. Doesn't he just? Doesn't he just, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, for more European football chat, Andy will be joined by Dotton Adebayo and Nicky Bandini for another episode of On the Continent, available today over on Football Ramble Presents. I thoroughly recommend. Gentlemen, we've reached the end of the show. Where do you go after talking about Dominic? Well, you have to finish, quite (laughs) frankly, because that was the climax we were all hoping for. Thank you very much for listening. On tomorrow's show, I shall be returning with Jim and Luke. Vish, have you got anything else to say for yourself? No, just lovely to see both your faces. Feels like it's been a while. Okay. <laughs> there we I'm are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> you <too. laughs> ramble. Yeah, it's not the first time you slagged me off on the ramble this week. Say it to when, my when face. Go on. Oh, slagged you off on the ramble. I think you called me a mug. Oh, it's because you you just you lost your own game, didn't you? Imagine that. Imagine losing your own Brussels. game. My game is literally yeah, called. It was, game. It's made to, to suit you, wasn't it? So. <laughs> made to yeah. suit you. Um, it's not made for sore losers, though. That's that's something we do know. There we are. Thank you very much for two to the hand Raja. Thank you very much, Andy Brathel. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you tomorrow. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.